Let's go. What is up? Welcome on into Wildcard Sports with Will and Trina. Hope everybody's having a great Friday out there. We have got an awesome show ahead of us. A lot to talk about. Houston Rockets, of course, advancing to the next round. We're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the NBA playoffs. And we the the NFL draft this year was surprisingly entertaining. We got quite a bit of quite a bit of stuff to talk about there. Um, so make sure everybody sticks around for that. But of course, uh, like I said, the biggest news out of this week in sports is those Houston Rockets advancing to the second round. That is so awesome, Will. I knew they would do it in five. I yeah. knew it. Well, I mean, we had kind of talked about it last week. They mm-hmm. they went up 2-0, uh, but the offense really wasn't there. Just They, they had kind of disappeared the entire time. Uh, you know, And that really was dating back to the last week of the season where it was like they really were just struggling to find you know chemistry that they yeah. had early in the season. But it, it, hey, they finally found it. Yeah, and I, and I think... Um, Chemistry is the right word to say because it seems like when it's in, when you're in the postseason, it's a whole nother season, and so you kind of almost gotta like re-identify yourself. Not so much, but what can the team do when James Harden is off? What can the team do when Chris Paul is off? And I think they definitely showed that in the first game, in the second game, and you know definitely that those last two games. Oh yeah, they. I mean, my goodness, game three they they or game three, of course, they lost one twenty one one oh five. Yeah, uh, and that was really when everybody started saying, "Whoa, this uh, this might be start to be a little bit of a problem with the offense." And really, for the first two quarters in game four. Uh, they really did not show up at all offensively. And then in the third quarter, mm-hmm. they erupted for 50 points. Man, that was crazy. Their mo- <laughs> that was the biggest quarter they've had all season. And they waited, of course, until the exact perfect time to go off for those 50 points and really show the league that, hey, they're back. Yeah, it, it couldn't have been a better like a better time to do that for the simple fact that they had just lost that game before, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you lose that game before and you see that Minnesota had that momentum and then their guys are getting riled back up uh-huh. and they're at home like that. That was like that was a statement game for the Rockets. Yes, and I mean, hey, we talked about it last week. We fully expected, fully expected Minnesota to get at least one win out of this. Right. There was going to be one of those games where Harden and Chris Paul are probably going to be shut down offensively. Mm-hmm. And you know, Minnesota, this is their first playoff game in you know twenty some odd years, yeah. so they were going to be riled up. And of course, they got that big win in Game Three, one twenty one, one hundred five. I, for some reason, I am the I'm the guy that likes to go on to the other team's fan pages after yeah. after every game, see what they're saying. And those Minnesota fans were jacked up after that game three oh, yeah. win. Oh yeah, they were because I mean, if you if you can put fifty points uh-huh. as a team on a team in a quarter. Yes. I mean, some teams can't even do that after the first, I mean, half. Yeah, it, it was. So, yeah. I mean, 50 points in one quarter. I mean, I'd be hurt, too, if that was, <laughs> if that was the Rockets. But Minnesota's a very young team, and they have a long way to go. They'll get better. They they will. Um, you know, and we talked about it before. I mean, I just thought this team was too talented to be an eight seed, you know, in regards to Minnesota. And I was kind of scared of them. But, I, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, I in this series, I think Clint Capella, the Rockets center, really kind of put the league on notice that he's going to be in the conversation for one of the best centers in the game yeah. for years to come oh yeah most definitely when you have a guy like clint who is a true center and he's not stepping outside of his boundary mm-hmm. and stepping outside of his range i mean he does his strength he sticks to his strength and he does what he's supposed to do and he finds those openings to where if james or chris get caught up all they have to do is lob it up for him yeah and i mean coming into the series yeah yeah i mean everybody everybody's focus as far as the center position goes was on carl anthony towns right. the minnesota minnesota timberwolf center Really, everybody thought that he was going to be the one that if the if the Minnesota Timberwolves made any type of noise during the playoffs, he was going to have to come out and be the guy that really set the tone for him. And really, you know, be it Clint Capella 
or the the defensive game plan, Rockets really shut him down. Yeah, they did. And I, I honestly, like, I don't think that that's a lot to do with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I don't think that's his fault a lot. But when you got a guy like Jeff T who's running the point guard, he got to recognize that and be able to tell Carl Anthony Towns, look, stick to your strength. This is mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And it seems like Carl, he was uncomfortable the whole playoffs. He wasn't really dominating like he had been during oh, yeah. the season. And he wasn't, like, really playing within, you know, how he plays. He was stepping outside of himself a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, in those first in those first two games especially, he was really not being aggressive inside the paint, right. really fading away, which benefited the Rockets a lot. Towards the end, he really kind of got it together. I believe last night or um, there uh, in the game five, Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns, I think he had 23 points, 12 rebounds, something like that. So he had a pretty good game. Uh, figured it out, but it still wasn't enough. The Rockets, once yeah. they figured out offensively, I mean, they, of course, put 119 points up in Game 4, 122 in Game 5. I mean, Harden, 24 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds in the Game 5 victory, and then Clint Capella, 26 points, 15 rebounds. Yeah, and that Game 5, man, it really it was a trip because, I mean, you started to see those flashbacks mm-hmm. of James Harden oh, yeah. going back. You didn't know, you know, hey, man, can we close this series yep. out, please? Yes, <laughs> and I I mean, it was so good. I mean, really across the board, he had a very good playoffs. Game 2 was mm-hmm. shaky. But, you know, I, I, we've talked about it. The thing with him that I've been so impressed with this year is I th- I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I mean, I, I have been saying it, that he's an elite defender now. I think he is an elite he defender. Up. He stepped up. I give him that. But, I mean, this next round, I mean, if we have to phase Utah, yep. can he step that up? Can yeah, he keep I mean, the same intensity? We're going to see. And, that I mean, that brings up a uh, you know interesting question. We'll get a little bit more in depth with uh, the Jazz Thunder series. But, of course, mm-hmm. the Rockets will be facing the winner of that in the next round. Uh, if Utah wins tonight and uh, closes out the series, the first game of the Rockets and Jazz will be Sunday at 2.30. Um, of course, if the if the Thunder win tonight, that's going to be extended to a seven-game series yeah. where they the Jazz and Thunder will play in Game 7 on uh, Sunday as well. So, going to be interesting. But, I mean, as you, who would you rather see as a Rockets fan? Who's who's the team that you're more scared of between Oklahoma City and, and Utah? Well, I say this as I've been saying all season. We do not want to have to come across Oklahoma City in the playoffs. Not for the simple fact that we can't beat them, but they're going to wear us out. Yeah. They're going to they're going to be that team that that takes us to a game 7. I you know, I mean, I just I I, I agree with you. I think just me thinking about it or looking at it, you know, you see Paul George, you see Russell Westbrook, you see Carmelo Anthony. You know, just stars alone, I, I think I'm probably with you. I would rather see Utah. Mm-hmm. We're probably a little bit better matchup with Utah, but we'll get into it a little bit later. Yeah. That's something we that's something we highlighted at the beginning. But I got some, you know, I got some questions for you and your boy Russ because I'm just Uh-oh. not. Oh man, I'm just. I don't <laughs> think he's. I don't think he's elite. Like the other guys, and of course, like I said, we'll save it for later. But let's save it. Let's save we'll it. Say, we'll save it for later. But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I probably would rather see Utah just because it's a much better matchup for us. The yeah. Jazz are arguably the best defensive team in the NBA, but offensively, it just doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of rhythm. Um, not that. Well, I think this will be one of those games that it kind of reminds me of old times. Mm-hmm. I guess just to see the Jazz in the playoffs, man, yeah. like that's amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, re- when you think about you know the Jazz, you think. Of about the post, mm-hmm. post Carl, man. Yeah, 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 Carl Malone, the mailman. Yeah. You know, like you just think in in those terms and like to, to be able to see 
the Rockets in Utah, I think that would be a pretty good series because it'll remind you of old times. I, I get that feel when I watch Utah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And then, yeah, you go back and look at it. Some of the all-time great Rockets series in playoff history were against the Jazz. I think we all remember, you know, 10-plus years ago when Tracy yeah. McGrady guaranteed the Rockets going on to the yeah. second round when he was facing Darren Williams and the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Ended up losing that series, I believe, in six or seven games. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, of course, that's not how we're going to remember Tracy McGrady. But that being yeah. said, there are quite a few Rockets Jazz series, even dating back to the Rockets championship years, playing mm-hmm. those playing those John Stockton teams. So yeah. that would be a fun series. And if you've watched any of this Utah Jazz Thunder series, I mean, man, Utah, they get up. Those yeah. fans get up to watch their Jazz. That I mean, I feel like that would be an incredible series. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching, you know, some of the games with uh, Utah and OKC, and I'm just really, like, looking in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, man, their fans are like – top top five in the league yeah I mean they definitely I mean like I said they absolutely get up for their get up for their Utah Jazz so that that's another thing to take into account and Oklahoma City has always notoriously been known as one of the rowdiest crowds to go to, to and play mm-hmm. but at this point you know now that the Rockets have found their offense I just there's not really a team that scares me outside of outside of <laughs> you know who the Golden State Warriors yeah. so it, you know if they can continue this you know barrage of threes that they've had in the last three games or last two and a half games really yeah. I, I just don't think that they're the, that either team can take them past four or five games because it's just not I, I just don't see it happening yeah and I don't think that the Rockets I mean honestly I don't think that James Harden should be scaring the Rockets fans like that with them slow uh, first halves yes because it gives them flashbacks, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this—I mean, they definitely have something to prove. Because I mean, yeah, as you've said in the past, James Harden just hasn't seemed to show up in the playoffs yeah. at all. Chris Paul, you know, has never made it to a Western Conference Finals, which is just shocking when you That's actually crazy. think about it. A but, guy, a point guard like that, he's uh, arguably the best point guard right now. Yeah, yeah. ending that, you know, ending his era. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not very many guys that are sticking around from Chris Paul's era. That I mean, you have Raymond Felton, but he can't be compared to Chris Paul at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, he's nicknamed the point god. So I mean, it's just he's one of those guys where it's like you would just expect a lot more out of him. But it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be very interesting to see how that you know how these playoffs shake you know shake out. Of course, you know we've got uh, quite a few game sixes tonight, three games, and then uh, of course starting on Sunday, where they're gonna have game seven of the Utah Jazz and the Thunder to decide who's who the Rockets are gonna be playing, or we yeah. possibly will have the first game of the Rockets series. So it's gonna yeah. be very very entertaining. Yeah, and I think that honestly that that gives the Rockets the advantage because now they have time to rest. Whoever wins that series, they gotta go right back and play. That's true. You That's- know, but. But it could be it could go either way though because I mean one team could be coming off momentum and one team will be coming off rest so yeah it could go either way yeah you never know I mean there's a lot of times where you know these teams where they you know they're playing you know separated by two nights or so they might have a little bit more a rhythm where the Rockets might be a little bit of rusty or you know have a little bit of rust on them so hopefully uh hopefully on Sunday uh you know I'm kind of hoping for game one because I do want to see yeah. the Rockets play play the Utah Jazz <laughs> A lot of history behind that and then of course I think it would be a fantastic matchup and goodness I think the matchup of that series is going to be Clint Capella versus Rudy Gobert if it happens man I mean but talk about that bench though they stepped up they really mm-hmm. stepped up in game four and five I mean Trevor Ariza shocked me when he hit like what the first nine points oh, of yeah. the game like I, I guarantee the coaches were like Trevor you got to step up you have to become a threat because in those previous games he's been sticking to defense but he wasn't like an offensive threat uh-huh. And when he showed up in game four, uh-huh. oh man, first, you know, I think he hit the first 
three threes of the oh, game. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, is that Trevor? Yeah. I mean, not, yeah. not Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he's always been a streaky three-point shooter. You right. know, where he, I mean, he gets when he gets hot. He gets. I mean, he gets really hot. And then, yeah, as you said, in the you know the bench really showed up in the last game uh, in the one twenty-two one hundred four victory to advance mm-hmm. into the second round. Gordon came off the bench, nineteen points. Really good to see him get going because mm-hmm. even dating back to last year, Eric Gordon, you know, really seemed to struggle in those playoffs. Right. And you know, a lot of fans are, are you know are wondering if if we're going to have another meltdown like we did last year. But I just I think we're just too talented offensively. Yeah. I'm not I'm not as um, worried about the bench because again we have another guy Gerald Green oh yeah when he comes in boy I mean the defensive intensity picks up even more because he's blocking shots and getting rebounds like crazy too oh yeah it's I mean it's I mean it's something it's definitely something to see I mean this this team has got so many offensive weapons coming from all directions on that yeah. Well, coming up here, we're going to be talking a little bit more about those NBA playoffs. Uh, of course, LeBron James hit that game-winning three. Uh, see if maybe he's reestablished himself as the best player in the world. And, you know, i, I got to ask you about Russ, see if <laughs> see how he's overrated. And as well, coming up later, we've got some awesome stuff to talk about with the NFL draft. A lot of interesting stuff happening. But you are listening to Wildcard Sports with Will and Trina on Vinyl Draft Radio. Live from the ACU of Texas Studios... It's time for Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. And welcome back on in. This is Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. Of course, glad to have everybody out there joining us on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Of course, finally, we got some consistent weather, I feel like, for the last few days. So. I'm excited it, about that. I know, except that I heard 45, 45 South between like Dickinson and Scarsdale is going to be shut down this weekend. So I'm so tired of them shutting the city down. I know. I'm like, <laughs> it's like finally the perfect weekend to like go to the beach or something, and they yeah. and they're going to shut down the whole entire freeway for like two days. I mean, if they ever get, will they ever get done with this? It's just no, no. Oh, I'm convinced they a won't. Nightmare. <laughs> it is an absolute nightmare out there. So. Hopefully they we, they can finally get that uh, they can get that taken care of here and hopefully we, somebody can actually enjoy the beach. But <laughs> we are so glad to have you guys back in here with us. Of course, we've been talking a little bit about the Rockets and uh, of course van- advance into that second round. Still waiting to see who they're going to play between the Jazz and uh, the Thunder. But uh, some other interesting stuff coming out of the NBA. Of course, the Pelicans, Warriors, 76ers have all joined the Rockets, advancing on to the second round. Uh, we've got a trio of fantastic Game 6s tonight. Uh, Cavs and Pacers are going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Thunder and Jazz are going to be playing. And then, of course, the Raptors and Wizards are going to be playing. So uh, Cavs are actually going to be going for the going for the knockout to move on to the second round. Uh, they beat the Pacers 98-95. And how about LeBron James, Trina, putting the team putting the team on his back, winning with a last second three pointer? I mean, have you ever seen him play better basketball than he is right now? I mean, Will, as much as I mean, I have to give LeBron this. This is very interesting to me because I'm one of those people that doubted him during Mm -hmm. this playoff because I'm looking at them as a four seed in Indiana as a five, and I'm just trying to figure out. Can they even beat the Pacers? Yeah. I mean, LeBron really took it to another level when he hit that game winner. But 
I mean, I, I can't discredit the buzzer beater. I was going to, but I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, how, how, discredit. Okay. Now you're going to have to explain. <laughs> your, now you're going to have to explain yourself. Okay. I was going to discredit it because I was going to say the game was tied, so it doesn't technically count. So they weren't necessarily down, but I'm not going to discredit it. Yeah. Greatness okay. is greatness. Yeah. I mean, he had to hit it. I mean, that was an incredible shot and fading away. And the truth of the matter is, if you were watching that game, you know the the Pacers probably should have been up by two. They LeBron. should have been. Yeah, because Victor Oladipo on the uh, or the previous drive before that had actually gone up for a layup and it got blocked by LeBron James, but. Uh, it definitely should have been goaltending. The NBA even came out and acknowledged with their last two-minute report, which I don't even know why they released this last two-minute report where it's like they basically go through every single play and say whether the referee made the right call or not. Well, they came out after after that game and they said, yeah, goaltending should have been called. The Pacers should have been up by two points before LeBron James hit that three-pointer to win the game. I think that makes a difference because now when you got a team that's up and now LeBron has that pressure to knock mm -hmm. that shot down anyway, like that's pressure. So yeah. it, it, it does make a difference. But like I said, I'm not going to discredit you know him winning the game winner anyway. Oh, yeah. But being down having to hit a game winner, that's definitely a different a different type of ball game. Yes, I mean it, it definitely would have changed, you know, changed a little bit. Of course, they've. I mean, they probably would have locked down the three point line maybe a little bit more. I don't know why you why as soon as LeBron James got the ball with you know four or five seconds, why they why they didn't have two defenders just absolutely collapse on him because, I mean, at this point, you know, I, I've said last week this is the, uh, talent wise. This team, this Cavs team, is really only comparable to the you know 2017 when they went to the finals, lost in four games, where LeBron James is really the only guy that they have on that team that you're scared of. Right. Um, the thing is, he trusts his teammates, regardless of how talented they are or not. Mm -hmm. The other teams are gonna look at the other guys as threats for the simple fact that. LeBron is basically known for, for dishing it out. Yes. At the end of the game, oh, yeah. he wants to dish it out. Now, whether he would do that on a talented or a less talented team, it don't matter because reaction is reaction. Yes. And that's what he's used to doing. Yeah. And I mean, hey, I mean, like I said, I think this is some of the best basketball that he's ever played in his career. So, yeah. I mean, he's, real, he's really showing up in these games. He had 44 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. Uh, I mean, he's been, he's just been magnificent in, the, in this entire series. Really, yeah. really the the Pacers, in my opinion, I think have outplayed the Cavaliers just in about every aspect, except that the 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 Cavs just have the best player in the world on their team at this yeah, point. Yeah, they have the best player in the world. You got to give them that, and you got to also credit him for taking care of his body this late down oh, in yeah. the line in his career. And it's like, man, he's only getting better. And I mean, hey, they can't stop LeBron, no, but they, they can shut down the Cavs and. I mean, if LeBron is going to continue to carry them like that, he's going to eventually get tired, though. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, he, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people have noted that he's kind of taken a little bit of a break on his defense, not not really going as hard as he has in the past years, which is understandable. He's right. in his 30s. You know, and you he got definitely, a guy playing like 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, and he's he played every single game this year. So, of course, it's not, not everything's going to be perfect with that. But... You know, that being said, that series is at 3-2. Of course, the, the Cavs are going to look to close that out tonight in Indiana. So it's going to be tough to see if LeBron can repeat a performance like that again. But another series, and we've already kind of touched on it, that's at 3-2, uh, is the Jazz and Thunder. Uh, Thunder actually stormed back from a from down 20 points on Wednesday to get that series to 3-2, one at 107-99. I, I have to give it to your boy Russ. In that game, he did show up. I believe he had almost 45 points in that game. Uh, really heated up, but... You know, at this point, you know, the the Jazz have really controlled this series. Mm -hmm. You know, they're of course they're up three two, but you know, the Thunder as far as star power, you know, everybody talked about it with Russ getting Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and really having the better talent 
uh, you know, of most teams in the NBA. And they're down 3-2 and they're really getting dominated. What's Russ's legacy going to be like if he loses this series? I don't think it's necessarily Russell's... um Legacy will as much as it is as the OKC uh, office. Um, they got to do a better job of recruiting a good bench. The Thunder has never had a very good bench except the one year where they went to the finals and they had Derek Fisher coming off the bench. They had Kevin Durant. They had James Harden. They had James Harden was actually coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I've ever seen OKC have a really good bench. Yeah, I, I'm just I I don't know. I'm not sold on the Russell Westbrook train. I, yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to be a little skeptical of him. I know I know you love him and all, but I he's just great. He's great. He's great. But I mean, I just the the inability to you know. Show up in the fourth quarter I mean before or before the you know the 99-107 victory uh, that they had over the Jazz in game in game four or game five I'm sorry you know the three losses in this series Russell Westbrook only made one field goal in the fourth quarter I, I just you know Russell I just feel like almost plays them out of games sometimes against the Jazz you know what I think it is about Russ and I'm gonna take his side on this wheel I'm gonna necessarily well I'm gonna say that it's not necessarily him it's the fact that he have two other all-stars who are also two other USA basketball mm-hmm. players and they they're they've been checked out all season like you don't know what to expect from them and then it's like for Russ it's like man like they're checked out I'm you know I'm trying to do this and I mean, we we don't have anything clicking. But they still don't have chemistry. I know, but it, I'm saying, like, I just think a lot of that might be on Russell Westbrook, honestly, because if you look at it in the last few minutes of games, you know, if there's a three pointer that they need to make in the in you know the last two minutes, Russell always seems to be the guy taking the shot. And Russ is, you know, can you blame him? He's I'm, one of the worst three point shooters in the league. But I if just, you pass the ball to Melo and he's not hitting, what do you expect the guy to do? I, you got to get it to Paul George in that situation. Forty percent three point shooter. That's the one you got to live and die with and I just you know I feel like you know you look at the past and you look at some of the players that Russell Westbrook has played with Kevin Durant James Harden Victor Oladipo Reggie Jackson I would argue all those guys have gotten better when they've left Russell Westbrook oh here we go I'm just saying you look at Kevin Durant got a much higher field goal percentage or field goal percentage went now that he's with Golden State Harden you know of course now a lot of this took over the Rockets and I mean I know a lot of this has to do with getting more playing time uh, but another one, Victor Oladipo last year. I mean, he, in the playoffs especially, Victor Oladipo just completely checked out. I get it. And I'm just saying, I don't know if Russell, you know, Russell is just, he's great. He's absolutely amazing, fun to watch. I, You know, I love watching him. You can never discredit his his hustle. I so mean, you're saying that no one can play with him like everyone was saying no one can play with James Harden at one time. I, I think, I mean, at this point, but see, James Harden, James Harden, <laughs> I feel like has completely proved that wrong with, you know, Chris Paul coming in this year and James Harden if you look at James Harden's assist versus Russell Westbrook's assist Mm -hmm. guys guys shooting the ball after you know after getting a pass from Harden versus Westbrook the field goal percentage is insanely dramatic I think guys are shooting like over 50% on on assists from James Harden we got Clint Capella that's true that's true (laughs) but hey I mean the the Thunder have Steven Jackson as well I mean or not Steven Jack uh why can't I think of his name right now the Thunder's the Thunder Center Thunder's uh cat is not as good as the Rockets. I, I give you that. I give you that. But he's got. He definitely has two All Stars, two probable Hall of Famers on his team with him, and they're getting dominated by the Jazz. You know why they're getting dominated by the Jazz? Will they have too many one on one players? And I give them that because I mean, with Russell Westbrook, I mean, you can't. It's like his 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 dog in him. It 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 hurts him and it helps him. 
it hurts him in the sense of he wants to do it. He wants mm-hmm. to make sure he's the guy that take his team to a victory. But it also hurts them when he can't do it and when he can't be that guy. But, I mean, when he's relying on, you know, these other two all-star USA basketball players and they don't step up, what do you expect the guy to do? I, okay, I, but <laughs> just I, – I don't know. I just think he's he's too emotional. He, he, he lets that get the better of him. You know, after, after game two when uh, – or game three, I'm sorry, when um, Ricky Rubio had a triple-double on him, first thing he does is he goes out there and he says he's like I'm gonna shut this down he's not gonna get he another triple he's not gonna get a triple double I just you know when you're the best player on that team he made it a one he made that game four a one-on-one matchup mm-hmm. against him him versus probably the fourth best player on the Utah Jazz yeah and he made it he he made it that that was his mission that he was gonna shut down this one guy where when he you're still elite, didn't. yeah he if, yeah a he didn't do that and it was like B he just made it this emotional thing where you know he was guarding him you know all the way up the court and I just I didn't really I didn't really I didn't really like that I thought it was I thought it was kind of a little bit too emotional on his part you know because he got shown up in game three and then of course you know this has been a very very heated series the entire time you know there's been quite a few fights there's been ejections Uh but uh you know but you know I think it was game uh game four where there was a you know there was a scuffle on the court Russell Westbrook was on the bench and he proceeds to run out there and, and you know jump in the fight and I just you know, I just that that's not a good look. I'm just like if you're the leader of this team, mm-hmm. you need to you need to be better. You need to be better than that. I get that. I get that as well, Will, but I also like I don't know it's hard to describe Russell Westbrook because I mean, although he's great in his right, but I don't I don't think he will, you know, go to a Western Conference finals. Well mm. I don't think he'll go to another Western Conference final anytime any soon unless unless the OKC organization puts some guys around him. That yeah. are willing to play their role and willing to play under us. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch games. Uh, you know, game six tonight. See uh, see if what Russell Westbrook shows up. Of course, Donovan Mitchell's been dominating him quite a bit. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Well, coming up, we're gonna be talking a little bit about those defending world champion Houston Astros off to a hot start, first place in the AL West. Uh, kind of break down some really incredible stats that they've got going on. That pitching staff is just unbelievable but we're going to get in depth with that really break that down and of course a little bit later talk about that nfl draft baker mayfield going number one overall but you are listening to wildcard sports with will and trina this is vinyl draft radio to watch and subscribe to us on youtube go to VinylDraftRadio.com. Vinyl d-r-a-u-g-h-t radio.com get some What is up? Welcome back on in. This is Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. We are here, of course, talking my favorite time my favorite time of the week. My one hour I get to talk about sports, whatever I want to talk about on here. With brunch timers. With the brunch timers, <laughs> that is correct. Oh man. So we have been yeah, this has been a fantastic show. This has been so much fun doing this all, all you know, all together. Yeah. Uh, getting to talk about these sports, but you know, we are in the thick of it. This is, you know, I feel like we're finally out of the dog days of sports. You know, we got yeah. the NBA playoffs going on. NFL draft is here. Uh, the, but of course, the Astros defending world champs. This is just a great time of year to yeah, be talking it sports. Is. Perfect, right? It really is. But uh, of course, we've been talking a little bit about those NBA playoffs. The Houston Rockets advancing on to the second round. You know, really giving us, giving this Houstonians another shot at a championship. But a team that's already got that championship for us, those Houston Astros defending that 2017 title. 
they are off to an amazing start. Of course, 17 and 9, first place in the AL West. I mean, at this point, I feel like this is everything you could have hoped for, at least with the Houston Astros starting this 2018 season off. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, these guys are still going off of momentum. I mean, I'm watching them and I'm just like, wow, like they haven't like lost any like any momentum, any energy, enthusiastics. Like they haven't oh, lost yeah. anything. And if anything, it's went up another level. I agree 100 percent. And of course, the bats haven't quite been there yet. But I mean, they've shown flashes of it. But the thing that's just been incredible is the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of highlighted on in the you know past few weeks. They they made a major pickup in the offseason getting Garrett Cole who was the runner-up in the Cy Young, uh, the Cy Young race uh, in 2015? A really proven pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we were kind of, you know, we were kind of wondering what the pitching staff was going to look like with the addition of him. And my goodness, it has just been insane. They've actually got, or at least coming into this week, which I think has kind of dropped off after a few rough starts from them. But three of their top, uh, three of the top four pitchers in the uh, in the ERA race right now mm-hmm. for the best ERA in baseball. Three of them were Houston Astros coming into this week, so. You know, th- this pitching staff has been incredible. Four of, the, four of the top five in strikeouts for the Houston Astros. So this has just been an incredible, incredible start for this pitching staff. Yeah, and honestly, Will, I think when they signed uh, Justin Verlander last year, I think that really set the standard oh, of yeah. what the Astros was going to expect and require of pitchers. I mean, it seems like when he got there like he took more of that leadership role oh, yeah and it's like he took the team to a whole nother level and guys trusted him like it wasn't like he had to wait to be trusted but it was like it just came together yes and as amazing as it was it's like he kind of set the standard of what pitching will be for the houston astros oh yeah I agree 100%. Yeah, and I mean, he, you know, like you said, I mean, just the ability to be a leader in the clubhouse, you know, that's not something you mm-hmm. really expect, you know, to get, you know, with a midseason acquisition. You know, he's coming right. in there, the guys didn't really know him, but, you know, we saw it last year in the World Series, I believe it was game two, where he pitched, he, he had been pitching fantastic. Uh, they took him out of the game. He actually, you know, the uh, Astros were down, I think, two runs going into the seventh and eighth inning. And he actually came out of the dugout and proceeded, you know, to pretty much yell at these guys, not yell at them in, you know, like a degrading, but yeah, yeah, he sparked them. And that was really, I feel like the moment that, you know, everybody saw like, man, we not only got a great pitcher in this trade, but we got a leader in the, in the clubhouse and he's really taken on that role. And that's very important because, I mean, having him and it, like when you just have a whole bunch of guys that are around you and they're humble and they're grounded Mm -hmm. and they're right. And it's like, they don't settle. They don't settle. They want to keep going. I'm talking about Carlos Correa. Everybody is – I mean, they're they're just – they haven't, like, lost a beat. And it's like they keep redefining themselves, like, game after game after game. And, I mean, they're just – they're not going to be stopped. I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, this pitching staff definitely looks to be the best in baseball right now. And like we said, the bats are struggling right now. Uh, You know, the strikeouts are up for them. Uh, but overall, you know, they're 17 and nine. They're first place in the AL West. Uh, I believe they've got the second rest, best record in baseball behind the Boston Red Sox, which we can right. kind of, you know, they're they're starting to look like maybe the top competitor for the Astros at mm-hmm. this point. But uh, you know, as we said, you know, th- this pitching staff has only gotten better. Garrett Cole, the guy, that, the, of course, who the Astros picked up, and mm-hmm. we've been talking about, he's two and one with a 1.29 ERA and five starts for the Astros. So he, in his first three starts, he had 11 plus strikeouts. 
the only guy in history in the history of baseball to have 11 plus strikeouts in his first three starts with a new team was Nolan Ryan. So he's he's joining some elite company right there. That means he can be trusted. He's efficient, and I mean, you come over and you make history like that. Like that's amazing. That means guess what? If our top pitcher goes down, oh yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he's already been looking like one of the best pitchers on the team. And I mean, really, the yeah. biggest thing with him, he's uh, his rotations per minute on his fastball, or, or uh, you know, is basically it's a rough estimate to see how you know how many rotations on the ball mm-hmm. for his fastball that he's getting. It's actually went up from twenty one hundred to. 2300 which I don't know all the science behind you know what that means but <laughs> yeah. I do know there is a little bit of controversy behind it some people are questioning how he's made that jump but you know if you look, he's making history <laughs> yeah exactly so who cares about that the Astros have, have shown a history of really been able to you know develop pitchers and really get them back on track and that's certainly what the case with uh with uh Garrett Cole so you know it's really awesome of course to see what this Astros staff looks like uh tonight they're going to be playing the Oakland A's 7 uh, 7-10 first pitch uh, it's actually going to be Sean Mania versus Dallas Keuchel. Sean Mania for the Oakland A's is actually coming off a no hitter against the Red Sox. So, going to be uh, going to be interesting <laughs> to see what he looks like. Uh, you know, almost a week after his no hitter against the Red Sox. So. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully things change. Will I mean that's going to be interesting. Watch what time does it come on? Uh, first pitch seven ten p.m. So okay. you know, going to be a fantastic pitching matchup. Of course, you know Dallas Keuchel. Everybody loves you know everybody loves Keuchel. So uh, definitely got a good matchup of two lefties you know we talk about the Astros you know struggle with the bats lately so hopefully they can get it together because they are going to be up against it with him on the mound but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun matchup it'll be a fun matchup it'll be fun and not and you know what it's still kind of early too will so right yeah oh yeah I know it's, baseball, oh, yeah. it's still kind of early oh yeah like, it's yeah I mean they've got plenty of time I mean this is 162 game season yeah. so it's you know like I said at, at this point you're you're probably about, just about as happy as you can be as an Astros fan seeing them come back after that 2017 championship and really starting to put up these incredible numbers you know and the biggest mm-hmm. thing in my opinion when it comes to postseason and, and later in the year is uh you know is the is pitching is pitching that yeah, really pitching. shows up and they've i mean it looks right now that they're both some of the best staff in the in the game so going to be interesting to see how that shakes out yeah. of course uh this last series they did drop two out of three to the los angeles angels and one guy we haven't really had a chance to talk about who has really been the talk of baseball is shohei Ontani. <laughs> Coming over from Japan, his first his first year in American League Baseball, really one of the first you know dual threat guys pitching and hitting since probably the Babe Ruth days. And this guy is man, this guy is something he's serious to watch. Business, right? Yeah, he is something to watch. I mean, right now he's hitting 333, three home runs, eleven RBIs. He's also two and one if I'm not mistaken pitching, and he's got you know a sub uh, you know a sub four five ERA. So. This guy is honestly, people are calling him the Japanese Babe Ruth, basically coming in hey, from, uh, you know, coming in in his first year. You know what? Some people just honestly have it, but he probably, man, he's probably been over there studying, like yeah. studying these guys, studying what they do, studying how they hit. I mean, we don't. He probably have been studying Babe Ruth. We oh don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, he, hey, he boasts a hundred mile, hundred miles an hour plus, uh, you know, at, when he's pitching. Babe Ruth, that's a, it's a big name to live <laughs> up to. That's a very big name. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be uh, fun to watch on that one. But of course, uh, as we said, they do have the second best record in baseball right now behind mm-hmm. the Red Sox. Uh, you know, they ever, when they lost uh, David Ortiz a few years ago, Big Poppy, mm-hmm. it really kind of seemed like they lost a little bit with their offense. Uh, really, you know, really they didn't have that the DH, the middle of the lineup guy that people were really scared of. They actually signed a guy by the name of JD Martinez, a former Houston Astro, mm-hmm. uh, hit forty plus home runs right last year. So he really uh, he's really kind of added a different element to the. Uh, you know, to their lineup. 
And really, as far as complete teams, you go, you know, best defense, best pitching staff, uh, best offense. Really, the only team that's really comparing to comp- that you can really compare to the Astros is the Boston Red Sox. And, yeah. you know, you've seen it. They got off to, I believe, a 17 and 2 yeah. start. And, like you said, I mean, really going out, you know, looking at their record. I mean, they at this point, you got to say that they're probably the top threat for the Astros. So that's who you're going for for the not going for, but going with as the top threat. I, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At, at this point, you know, I don't think there's anybody. I know the Angels did steal two out of three against mm-hmm. the Astros, uh, but I mean, as far as as far as you look at the playoffs, you look at who's going to be there. I, I mean, if there's anybody that's going to compare with the Houston Astros at this point, yeah, definitely got to say the Red Sox. I mean, just the, this start has I think really been indicative of you know what's to come for him and the yeah. interesting thing about the boston red sox is uh-huh. they do have a new manager this year and last year hey. it, it la- their manager this year is alex cora who was the astros bench coach last year so might ha- a little shaky yeah huh? so you know if, if they get into a matchup with the astros you He's know gonna know a little bit too much might know a little too much about them but yeah you know you, you definitely still got to see how the rest of the season shakes out the yankees of course you know were one of the biggest teams talked about coming in with the addition of gene carlos stan he hasn't really gotten it going quite yet but yeah, but they were they were tough on us last year yeah so, i mean t- took it seven games so yeah. that, that could still be our biggest threat as well because they they took us far you know what i mean like they really pushed the buttons and really pushed what the Astros had in the tank and pushed what they could do and could not do and, you know, had to make some adjustments. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it looks like that lineup has only gotten better. So definitely going to be interesting to see if they can get it together uh, Mm -hmm. for the rest of the year and see if maybe they can compete with the Red Sox and maybe get back to that ALCS against the Astros. Yeah. Well, coming up on our last segment, we're going to talk a little bit about that NFL draft. There is so much stuff that came out of that. Uh, of course, I'm going to talk about why I think I found maybe one of the best jobs in sports. Uh, <laughs> I mean, after one of the one of the most uh, interesting things came out, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, of course, uh, talk about who got taken number one overall and all the controversy involved in that. <laughs> Welcome back in. This is Wildcard Sports with Will and Trina. So glad to have you guys joining us on this Friday afternoon. Man, we've got so much to talk about this. Uh, this, uh, of course, great Friday. Talking a lot about the NBA great playoff. Friday. I know, great Friday. I was trying to come up with something there, and I was like, great Friday, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, been talking a little bit about those Rockets and the Houston Astros. Man, this has been, like I said, just been an exciting week. Last night, we actually had the NFL draft. Woo! First round, man, there was so much stuff coming out of last night's draft. Of course, Baker Mayfield taking number one overall. There were five quarterbacks taken all together in the first round. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty awesome to see. But I don't know. I, these quarterbacks nowadays, I'm just... You're you, not convinced with them. <laughs> they are just... I don't know what these guys... Okay, first off, you got the number one overall quarterback taken was Baker Mayfield. Yeah. In which, first off, you know, a quarterback out of Oklahoma, had a great year last year, pretty outspoken, had a lot of contract controversy but I don't know when you're taking a guy number one overall and the Cleveland Browns have definitely had their fair share of number one overall picks that they've botched but my goodness (laughs) they picked Baker Mayfield and this guy you're expecting with the number one overall pick with your quarterback you're expecting this guy to be this amazing decision maker Mm -hmm. he's got he's all you know really clear-minded and you know the thing that when I you know what pops in my head when I see Baker Mayfield and if you (laughs) google his name right now the first thing that's going to pop up is a video of him trying to outrun the police and getting absolutely planted by a cop. So I don't know what the Cleveland Browns think when they draft. <laughs> I, like 
Yeah, you're thinking this guy is is supposed to be the best decision maker in the entire you know in the entire NFL, and this guy has got a video of him running from the police. There's like eight cops surrounded around him. So what is this guy thinking? He's like, I, I'm like, he's sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, I've probably first off, I can probably outrun these eight cops. What does he think is going to happen after he outruns these cops? Like, did it, it, like they know he's the star quarterback for Oklahoma, and. I just don't get. I just don't get it. And this, and of course, the Browns have been completely infatuated with this guy. I just, you know, the Browns have their history of, you know, drafting guys and giving them chances after they've shown them clear signs uh, of what could possibly be a, a downturn in the end. I hey, I I I, I don't know what exactly as, they were thinking. Yeah, as a as a number one projected pick. Regardless of if you know for sure you're gonna be drafted number one or not, like you gotta know, you you gotta know, like you're not just representing yourself, you represent your family, you represent organizations, you represent your school, you represent, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the other thing with him too is, I mean, if you look at him from like upside, you know, physical standpoint, the guy's undersized. Uh, you know, he's incredibly accurate, but he has no, he has no, like when you're in the, a quarterback in the NFL, you need to be able to drive the ball down the field. Yeah. You need to be able to throw frozen ropes down the field. And this guy just doesn't have it. So once again, the Browns somehow they drop the ball. They, yeah, I think so. I mean, of course, we'll <laughs> wait to see how it goes. But I mean, you know, I just, he doesn't check any of the lists for me as far as that goes. But he was taking number one overall. Cleveland definitely needs a refreshing. Uh, yeah, well. I mean a big refresh. They just need a whole tsunami to just come in yeah. and turn that thing around. My goodness! You know yeah. they haven't won a playoff game since 1994. I saw that last night. Nin- I was, yeah, I was amazed. Yeah, 1994. And what's crazy with that is I believe 1994. In that point, they weren't even the Browns that they are today. The the Cleveland Browns were so bad back in the day. They moved back, moved to Baltimore. They just they got their- they moved overnight to Baltimore, and the NFL somehow still managed to give them another franchise after a few years. To they go back just, to Cleveland and oh. they need to relocate and rechange the name and they just need to rewrite the whole business model for the. I'm just convi- the I, I'm convinced at this point they're like, hey, how can we make us look like even more screw ups? Like, hey, let's let's draft a guy that got yeah. tackled by the police like a year ago. So that that'll be great. Yeah. But of course, then like I said, there were five quarterbacks taken. Uh, the uh, the third overall pick was Sam Darnold, which mm-hmm. uh, Adam Smasher here actually pointed out to me. Uh, he had a famous grandfather, dude. I was I was at I was at a brewery yesterday, okay, and I I could care less about the draft, really. You know me, I'm not uh-huh. gay sports, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm watching, I'm sitting there watching the TV because it's on, and then I see when they drafted him, and they say, oh, his grandfather was a big uh, player, basketball player at uh-huh. USC, uh-huh. Uh, and I saw the name on the screen and I looked around to see if anyone else saw it and no one was paying attention his grandfather's name is Dick Hammer I am not making that up I, I googled it just to make sure his name is Dick Hammer oh my god you googled that talk about yes uh, yeah I, I'm, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody here's the thing when you google it do not google on images okay <laughs> Oh my gosh! Adam, you're funny. Dick Hammer. Dick Hammer. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, you know, whoever was in like in charge of editing at ESPN was just waiting for that. When, yeah. As soon as that I could moment. put Dick Hammer, I mean, Dick Hammer. Was, was his name? I don't know if his name was Richard or not. But if if you are putting that up on the screen, yeah. you have to know. You say maybe we should put Richard. Because, yeah, Richard. Oh, Richard Come Hammer. Come on now. Yeah, it makes Dick sense. Hammer seems like uh, like a, an adult film star. Oh my let's gosh. Let's 
And then, yeah, of course, yeah, they wanted, they were waiting for that. Yeah, the Marlboro Man on top of that. So, I mean, my Trina, dude. what you don't know is that was Will's nickname in college. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Will, really? Oh, man. Will. Will. Uh, no comment. No on? comment there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, no, he was taken third overall, so he had that guy. And then the next quarterback taken after that was Josh Allen, which somebody went back to when this guy was 14 years old. Somebody scrolled through his Twitter, released it the night before the draft. That's so Of course, unfair. he went on there, was quoting some rap lyrics and... Uh, and uh, actually uh, threw down the N-word a couple times on there. Maybe. I mean, these quarterbacks nowadays, like they're just marred in controversy. Honestly, like, Will, I, I have to say this, man. These kids now that are being drafted, they grew up in social media. They grew up in technology, so you can't really hold that to them to a fault. I mean, the guy was 14 years old. 14, uh, Will, you're not even thinking. You don't even know how to think yet. You think you do, but you don't. I, hey, I, I agree with you there. I, I, what I want to know is how do I get the job of like, hey, I need you to go to this quarterback's Twitter page and scroll back eight years, find something on this guy, scroll through, go back anything. eight years, find anything. I want that job. Just sit in front of a computer all day and be like, found it. I, I found like, it. I like how you guys were talking earlier, comparing Baker Mayfield, and you're like, well, we all know you guys were avoiding. It's like uh, you were like you you don't you you were in Harry Potter and you can't say Voldemort's <laughs> name. Like you guys would not say Menzel. I mean, because that's yeah, oh yeah yeah. I mean, I, there you go. There's I another perfect to, example. That's who I was talking that's, about. That he he's a complete like clone of that yeah, yeah it's just yeah it's like they they can't get it right they just screw everything up with that right oh man well you know maybe one of these days the browns will get it right and they'll finally draft some screw up that gets it together well i want to go ahead and say thank you to everybody out there for tuning in on this friday of course uh we'll have the rest of the draft released next friday we'll get a little bit more into that but thank you guys so much for tuning us uh, of course happy to have you guys in but you were listening to wildcard sports with will and trina